Hello and welcome. You are listening to an informed take on current events brought to you by law students and staff of Queen's University Belfast. This is LawPod. Welcome to LawPod. My name is Dr. Louise Rhodes and today I am joined by Tamara and Lisa, two former M Law students here at Queen's School of Law and two fantastic pupils of mine. And today we're going to explore the experiences of being a mum and a student. So Tamara and Lisa, if you just want to introduce yourselves and your mother status, for want of a better word. Hi Louise, I am Tamara Duncan. I did the Masters in Law at Queen's, like you said, and I'm now at the Institute of Professional Legal Studies. I have one son called Seb and he is seven years old. Hi Louise, my name is Lisa McCone. I have two children. May is 10 and Kuan will be six on Monday. And like Tamara, I also did the AM Law and I'm now at the Institute of Professional Legal Studies. I also have one child who is 10 years old and I had him at the the latter stages of my PhD, rather unexpectedly. So that was part of the inspiration as well for conducting this podcast today, because I really felt at that stage in my career that as a mother, that I was a bit invisible as a student and a lot of negative connotations that maybe went along with that, the stigmatisation of maybe having a child is seen as some sort of ability weakness in terms of our learning um, and our ability to perform in assessments. So really today, I want to let you give me access to your world and to let me be immersed in that because I am conducting research into the experiences of student mothers and at a later stage, um, dads, hopefully. Um, And then we can compare and contrast the experiences of both cohorts. So first of all, then, Lisa and Tamara, I just wanted to to get some insight into what actually inspired you to pursue a law degree and specifically, obviously, the master's in law degree haven't already obtained a degree in another discipline. So I graduated many years ago with a BA in communication studies and I chose to go into public relations and events, which I thoroughly enjoyed for years. Law was always something that that I had wanted to do, but I think as you get older, when you get into a career, you tend to stick with it. It's safe. Then when you decide to have a child, you're not going to rock the boat as such. But to be honest, when COVID came along, I think that was the time to reassess what I wanted to do in my life, what I was passionate about. And I thought... I was going to look into what the options were to go back and study law and potentially become a solicitor. The master's in law was the perfect opportunity for me to go back to that and and become a career changer. It was two years ideal with my son starting school. I only had to be in two, three times a week, which was brilliant for childcare. And there was a lot of self-study. So in terms of time management, it was up to me to fit that around being a mum. So I applied and luckily got in and it went very, very quickly. (laughs) Yes, quite similar. I graduated with a degree in history 
and sociology. And then I was a teacher at secondary school level for 10 years, teaching both history and sociology to A-level students. Once my children were born, my career took a back step. And again, once my children started school, I needed something else. I loved the classroom, but I'd kind of exploited that. I was finished teaching and I didn't really want to move into management. So I considered a career in law. I was luckily the same year as Tamara, the the first post-COVID year. And the blend of online learning allowed me to continue to work part-time as a teacher while doing my own studies. I didn't really know what avenue of law I wanted to go down after the MLaw. So I opted to apply for the bar course. And my intention was if I got on it, great. And if not, I was going to try and get some work experience as a solicitor. But I have completed my academic year now at the Institute and I'm moving forward to starting my pupillage in September. Yeah, real inspiration, guys, really is. Um, and you've gone literally from the degree straight in and you, mm-hmm. you know, your, your hard work and that needs to be Highly commended, especially with having children on board as well. In making that decision then to embark upon a legal education and starting afresh your career pathway, how did having children shape your decision then to make that application? Because obviously, whenever you decide to embark, especially upon a postgraduate degree, the fees are higher. You have to juggle maybe other work commitments. You've got your children as well. You have family life. Did you struggle to make that decision to actually then come to the School of Law to study? When you have children, everything becomes a family decision. So we had to sit down as a couple and with our parents who are very supportive and say, can we make this work? Can we take the cut in salary? Because for the last 12 months, I've had no salary at all. Can we manage the childcare? Can we manage the football training, the school activities and all the things that we've been used to? Can we take the cut in lifestyle for this period to make that transition? And it has to be a decision that you make within a family because you have children and and that's something that just has to be done. Absolutely. Yeah, I even remember like whenever I was coming to the final stages of my PhD and my son, he was literally like a couple of months old. He was so tiny and it was like a community effort to get me past the finish line. It wasn't just family, it was friends. I mean, it was all systems go. So Tamara. Yeah, I think just to echo what Lisa said, it is a family decision. My husband would travel quite a bit for work and he was in Dublin and London every week, every fortnight. I was the one that was at home so that my husband could go and work and run his business. When making the decision, we also had to sit down and say, can this work? My mum was drawn in, you know, mum, would you be able to look after during the week? Really what made the decision for us was looking at the time it would take to become qualified. So I think it was maybe four years, we said, if we get to four years down the line and I haven't done it, how will I feel? And that was something that I didn't want to do. I said, no, I want to do this. Personally, I wanted to achieve that. It's a family decision. It's long term. It will benefit all of us and we'll all manage it and it will work out for the best in the end. And we'll be happier for it four years down the line instead of saying, you know what, I really regret that I didn't go for that. But mm-hmm. I remember days of us coming out of class mm-hmm. together and other students that we were with, you know, maybe going to the library or whatever. And we were phoning home. Have the children been fed? Have they been picked up? Have they been collected? And then there'll be little voices on the phone. Mom, what time are you coming home at? So that aspect of mom guilt played yeah. a massive part in Definitely. our journey. There was a huge gap that I think the children have now forgotten about and come on from. But we haven't forgotten that. 
And as women, you carry that emotional burden of not doing enough for everybody, which is unattainable. I came across some quotes from some famous women in law, so Lady Hale and Ruth Bader Ginsburg, former US Supreme Court judge who now sadly passed, and one from a popular women's magazine. This is a quote from Cosmopolitan in 2019. This is the experience of one lady who has written in and she states that it's 11pm and you're hunched over your laptop preparing for a long night of study. Your course mates are at the pub but this essay is due tomorrow morning and you still got a thousand words left. That's when you hear footsteps and those dreaded words, mommy, I can't sleep. So do you resonate with that? Definitely. I was definitely up until three or four in the morning studying. You know, we used to text at that time in the morning because you would get home from a day of lectures and you would go straight for school pickup. You would deal with all the parenting duties, you know, doing even if it's a little bit of homework or playing bedtime, you'd sit down maybe half eight, nine o'clock. And then that's when you start studying. That's your time as such to actually be able to focus on what needs to be done for the next day which is tough when then you go into lectures the following day. You're waking up tired, you're waking up mentally drained and you maybe have to go and sit in another set of four hours lectures and be expected to focus, have done your homework, be able to answer questions that are put to you, be able to have an in-depth discussion on case law and you're just already thinking, right, I have to do this. I have to go home. The washing needs done. Something's gone on at school. You know, there's just always something that you have to think about. So we definitely resonate with that. There's another one about law schools. Unfortunately, law schools are not designed for non-traditional students, especially the ones with children. Every now and then, when one of my kids were sick, I had hoped that my professors would allow me to join in the class online instead of missing it completely. However, that feature was not available. The lack of online or blended learning is really, really frustrating. I believe that lectures can be delivered online. They are never interactive. They're not a two-way street. It's someone delivering an information and messages to you. So I don't understand why that can't be done at home. The Provision of online learning is very limited to, I think, still just COVID. At the Institute, you can only join online if you have COVID, which is so unfair if you have a child that's not well or even just driving in for a one hour lecture to drive the whole way. I'm coming from Newry to Belfast to get parked and then come the whole way back. It's such an ineffective use of time. As an educator, I'm going to push back on that a bit. I can totally empathise in terms of having children, but I would say... Even though we have responsibilities towards our children and we're still studying and it's a big undertake, I do think you're paying quite heavy fees and for us to migrate to that type of an institution is not in your benefit. But I do think it is beneficial that maybe the core learning components have an online platform Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that you aren't in a panic mode that because you haven't attended that class that you're not getting the goodness of that experience. So I do agree that we should make some sort of halfway street yeah, on, totally on, on that front, yeah. but that we still should really emphasise on campus, in situ learning. And it's good for people who want to go on into the legal profession where you're meeting loads of different people and being able to develop those communication skills as well. I mean, that's vital in a law law career. So if you're doing it kind of in, a, in isolation from your living room or your study, it, it's not equipping you for what's ahead after you finish the degree. 
that's not even a point that's just affiliated to people with children. I mean, it's a global issue now for universities. What do we do about online? And then finally, Ruth Bader Ginsburg had her daughter Jane while she was in law school. This is just a quote from um, an online magazine. Ginsburg said she started law school when her daughter Jane was just 14 months old. But instead of overwhelming her, Ginsburg said caring for Jane actually made law school easier. And I think from what we're saying today, we haven't really found that. No. To be the experience. I personally, I haven't had that experience. I have found it very overwhelming at times. What I would say is easier is my time management. I am a lot more productive in a shorter amount of time because I have to be. There is no procrastination because I can't procrastinate. So as a result, I am more organized. And I think that time management element is actually a positive for going forward and being in the workforce. But I definitely wouldn't say that caring for my child has made my experience at law school easier. So no, maybe it puts things into perspective. Yeah, maybe it does. Just being able to walk out of the house and not worry about nappies and bottles and things like that. No, it is challenging, but any career is challenging when you have children. Life is more challenging when you have children. You have more commitments, you have more responsibilities. It's just different. It's not any better or any worse. It's just a different type of challenge. I think what she's getting at really is that whenever you have children, you kind of are able to see the wood for the trees in a sense that it's not all about the degree in the career, that family life is really important. To that end, I just want to quote Lady Hale. She states that, I feel a responsibility to be as good as I possibly can be in the job. Partly not to let down women in the future because there's a risk. If the first woman doesn't do too well, people will say that's because she's a woman. Do you think in your career as a law student, the gender element made you doubt your abilities in the learning environment and in terms of performance and assessment? I think I'm very conscious of not using my children as an excuse, even though they are very valid excuses. Before my family law, my daughter May took ill and ended up in hospital. And I was very conscious that I can't just not sit the exam and use that as an excuse, even though it was very valid. So I think things like that can be challenging because you don't want people to be thinking that you're using your children as an excuse to not be doing your job as well as other people are doing it. But you can't do everything to that standard that you want to do it. I would agree that from a personal point of view, I didn't want to fail because it was a big family decision and a big family commitment. And you want to push yourself to show that you made the right decision. Also, having a son is important for me to show him that women can have a successful career. They can go out and do whatever they want to do. I do think that younger children need to see that both males and females have an equal footing in society. Yes, I totally resonate with you, Tamara, on that point. I have a son as well, and I am very conscious of making him aware that I have a career and that he has to be cognizant that as a boy, that he has to help out to you on that front and that it's not men just lead the way on the career front. What I want to get insight into as well is to look at the more sort of granular detail of your experience as a student. How did you feel about studying law? I was really looking forward to studying law. So I did jump in and I was very passionate about it. What I did find tough was the amount of reading. 
and it's heavy reading. You need to have silence to properly take it in. I think when you make the conscious choice to study when you have other responsibilities, you make time for it and you're there because it's really what you want to do. And that makes it a lot easier that you're doing this because you're passionate about it. Yes, I agree. There are some topics that you will love and that you will read with ease. And then there are other topics and units that maybe you're not that interested in and you have to consciously make sure that you're putting the same effort in to get the marks. I think the days that I was able to go into class prepared, I was more than confident to speak up and engage and have discussions. But if I went into a class and I just hadn't found the time to do the homework or maybe Seb had been up the night before and I was absolutely wrecked and it was really just having to get through the day. That's when it was literally just sit here, take notes, take in what I can and get home to get to bed early and start again tomorrow. And I think it helped, say, if May was sick, that you would say, I can't come in, do you mind sending me on your notes? And vice versa, if if something had happened with Seb, that you were taking notes for me and sending them on. And I think that really helps you not panic that you've missed a lot and that you're going to be on the back foot. And it's nice to have someone there that understands there's a valid reason why. And you know that you're not being judged for that. You look at things differently. Maybe as an adult or as a mature student, but also as a mother, I think it makes us more empathetic students as well. We kind of are looking out for our peers. I find that in the Institute, I have a role that is making sure that everybody else is okay sometimes as well. We can try to provide a little bit more guidance and context around learning to support them. And I think as well, you sometimes get overwhelmed, but you need to take a step back and realize, hold on, let's just take it day by day. And I would do the same in my tutorial group. There would be some students who are getting very stressed. I would say, just just calm down. What's the real concern here? It's going to get done because it has to get done. That's actually kind of my mantra for (laughs) studying that it's going to get done because it has to. So building on from that then, uh, by attending and participating in class, did you have a sense of belonging in the law school? What was your experience of that? Was it negative, positive, indifferent? Or did you find that naturally, because you used to gravitated towards one another, and that's really probably what spurred you through the degree? Yeah, we had each other. Yeah, definitely. We weren't as involved in the social aspect of our M-Law cohort. We didn't have time for that. We were in a study room sharing notes, working for our institute exam, doing our coursework, getting caught up in reading and getting to know each other as well. It was kind of that little social aspect of studying. But we didn't have time for the student lifestyle at all. We did have a WhatsApp group, which has been very beneficial. If there are any jobs in in people's firms, they're putting it into that MLA WhatsApp group, which is quite good, or people are still asking for advice, maybe about the institute exam or things like that. So it is quite useful. And I think as well, our priorities were elsewhere. I think a lot of people who did go out and socialise went out because they could and it was fun. And why not? If you have all that time on your hands and you have people that are in the same position as you, of course you're going to go out and enjoy yourself. Whenever you're away all day and you have a young child at home, although it may be nice to go out for a drink, it's not the top of your priority list. Did you feel you missed out? I personally don't. And that's because of doing an undergrad. I think I did all of that. Now at the Institute, there are people who 
they were the COVID year for their undergrad. And they have said, this is brilliant. I love the Institute. We didn't get this experience because we were online for pretty much the whole of our degree. It's actually nice to hear that because I do think a lot of undergrad students didn't get that university experience. And on that point, Tamara, I actually want to give recognition to the fact that, of course, you pursued um, a legal education at a postgraduate level. And obviously, we don't have any undergraduate students here today. But I can only imagine that if you were in a situation where you're an undergraduate student and have children or about to have children, how you would maybe feel totally isolated Mm -hmm. from your peers and that you would probably feel that you are really missing out on something. Just finally, how did you find managing your assessments with childcare? All of our deadlines were post-school holidays whether it was the Easter holidays or the Christmas holidays. And that is totally unattainable for parents, especially mothers, I think. Do you remember that Christmas, just after Christmas, and those essays were all due on the same day at midday? Was it midday or midnight? It was midday. And I think when you took in the word count for all three, it was like 15,000 words. And we had to do them over Christmas and New Year. The children are obviously off school, which doesn't really help whenever you're trying to study and have excited children off school and it's Christmas time and it's kind of seen as a socialising time. I totally agree. That is so challenging to try and manage your time to give your children a really good childhood. To get away from the mom guilt and to complete assignments over school breaks is impossible. The emotional labour of that is exhausting. Not just trying to do it all, but also worry about everything it is draining. Obviously, we have an exceptional circumstances procedure within the university that if you need to avail of an extension to your assessment, you can self-certify for seven days. Did you feel comfortable ever using that or do you feel that there needs to be a specific element to that extensions process that factors in people that have children? I think it would be nice to know that there's not as much stigma around putting in an exceptional circumstances form. I didn't use one and I felt that wouldn't be seen as a valid reason to use a form. I feel like it's articulated and conveyed that it's only for really serious matters. You know, if you're in hospital or if there's been a death in the family or there's something that's really going to prevent you from handing this assignment in instead of it just being everyday responsibilities that maybe take priority mentally and physically over putting an assignment in. There most definitely is no stigma attached to people that ask for extensions, but that's um, a kind of, I think, a cultural thing amongst peers that we need to break down, that it's okay and that it's okay for mothers to ask for extensions because their children are sick. It's not a weakness. And I do think that needs to culturally be instilled in the school from the date of induction. I think that's a point that we need to work on and look at. Yeah, I think if it was communicated clearly at the start, you would feel that it would be more acceptable. And I also think definitely during that kind of COVID time, there was very little communication back and forth between lecturers and students. So you maybe would have emailed with a request and you didn't get a response or the response maybe didn't come until like the day before the assignment was due. So you're panicking and you end up doing the work anyway because you don't know if you're going to get that extension or not. And I know that that can be not just for parents, but I know that was very stressful for a lot of people. On those points then, did you feel confident 
then going into professional training that you would be able to cope and manage the responsibilities of more study or do you still feel it's still equally as challenging? So when we first started, Kuan was three and now he's almost six. So the challenge of a three-year-old is very different from the challenge of a six-year-old. I'm very lucky that my mum does a lot of my caring and all my washing, but she's getting a little bit older now and she has really bad arthritis. So that challenge is changing. So things change, you change, your relationships develop, but new challenges emerge as you take one box, another box opens. Yeah, and I think that you manage it better as well. Whenever I graduated from MLaw, I knew I was going to be working full time and attending the institute. So we availed of after school club for Seb in school. So he goes in there every day. And even knowing that he's in that until five o'clock, if I need him in there, it just takes that pressure off. Sometimes I collect him early if I can, but I don't have to. I know he's safe and that takes a lot of the the burden off as well. Now, I want to mention just briefly Andrea Todd, who is an assistant professor at the University of Chester School of Law, has been active as well in doing research into the experiences of students who are parents. And she has piloted a project specific to Chester Law School, basically an advice guide for schools and departments into what structures they ought to put in place for students coming in who do have childcare responsibilities. Now, I know that you have perused that and looked at it. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because there's two key features of that toolkit, which are the parent-specific personal tutor and the spaces for students who are parents have a space to talk to one another, to have these cathartic expressions like we're having today about the stresses and strains that can go along with studying and having children and how that pans out as well in a legal environment because law is challenging. There's no getting away from that. As regards childcare facilities, um, obviously Queen's has a creche which is open to staff and students. But do you feel that the university now needs to be making a move towards having a student-specific creche facility? I think a student family space maybe would be more appropriate where maybe there's a soft play area or a creche area where you can drop off, like many gyms have Mm -hmm. those, where you can just drop your children off, or even where you can sit and allow your children to play, even if you're still supervising them, but there's space for you to still study would be beneficial. You have a little bit of space that you're not disturbing other people and you can do a little bit of work with your child with you. Yeah, I remember going into the library actually and bringing my son with me and being like, oh no, liability with me. Mm -hmm. And be like, it's okay, I'll keep him quiet, do you know? But like feeling that it would be good, that there's a recognition that people do have children coming into these spaces. If you could go back and have the ideal set up to when you started your postgraduate degree and having children, what would you have liked to be there? I definitely think some sort of mentoring scheme or even like a mum's group that you can chat through the studies and what's expected of you to know what's coming. Obviously, whenever you're in a cohort, you're all working towards the same thing at the same time. But if you could speak to maybe a mum who's in their third year, fourth year of degree or has overcome certain hurdles that they can turn around and say, you'll be fine. Take one day at a time. It'll be okay. You'll probably have to do an exam on this. Just be prepared for X, Y and Z. It's 
It's looking further ahead and knowing that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I think as well, it's quite easy to say, well, you can just ask any student that's gone beforehand to give you that advice, but you can't because people that have children know the time pressures. And it's not to discredit people that don't have childcare or other care and responsibilities, um, but we can't just wing it. So I do think we need that specific role model in place. If there was a contact point that you could express academic learning concerns from the perspective of having children, would you find that useful or would you find it intimidating? Because this is what we're always cognizant of as lectures is the the implicit power imbalance that students can perceive between them and staff. And just to know that if it was an academic member or staff that was that support point, would you find, would you feel comfortable going to them or would you prefer if it was like a designated person appointed from personnel or admin? That's a tough one. I think when you get to our age, the power balance isn't there as much depending on the, the tutor or the lecturer. Some of them are more approachable than others. So I think it really depends on the person. Are they approachable and are they open to hearing your problems? And I think if it was an academic member of staff, that would be very valuable for people who are aspiring to go on into that level of commitment and work. Somebody that understands that you have these goals that's going to support you and identify your challenges and maybe help you to soundboard how to overcome those challenges. Yeah, I definitely think someone who has an understanding and has been through it themselves that's invaluable. I think unless you have children, you don't really understand the pressures of parenting. And that, that goes for anything in any industry everywhere. You don't have a clue until you have a child how tough it can be. If we take out the kind of the mother and the, the female specific angle, if it was a male member of staff who, who was a dad, do you think you'd find that equally relatable to go to that person? Or would you find it more comfortable if it was a woman? I think that, again, comes down to the individual. I'm just actually thinking of people in the Institute. And there are some tutors in the Institute who are dads and they're very good pastorally to talk to about potential childcare issues. I think it really does depend on the person and their life experiences and the challenges that they have had to overcome. If it's someone that maybe has had a very smooth path to where they wanted to be, they can't relate to your particular challenges but if it's someone who maybe has had some adversity and can understand that you don't see a way through this at the moment and maybe help you find your pathway through. I just wanted to end the podcast on what advice that you would give to incoming and current student mothers in the School of Law on being a mother and a law student. I'm so happy with the decision that I made to study law. I'm so happy with how it's working out. It is a big commitment for my family and for my children and for myself. But I can see that I'm nearly there. I've really enjoyed the journey. I've really enjoyed making friends. And I'm really looking forward to the next step in my career. It will be tough. You will have hard days, but it will be worth it. Just take it day by day and you will get to the end and you will be glad that you took the step and you pushed yourself. People say it all the time. Women are really bad at taking compliments. I think we kind of play down our accomplishments. I just want to say for anyone that's going through it at the minute, you should really be proud of yourself. You have accomplished so much already and you are a positive role model, not just for your child, but for any young girls out there that want to follow in your footsteps and maybe want to have a career in law. Also, it takes a village. Ask for help. Ask for support. Even if it's to just have an hour to yourself, 
to gather your thoughts, to come back to parenting and studying with a fresh head and a positive mindset. And just in a few years time, think, I'm so glad that I took that step. And I'm so glad that I have now graduated with a law degree and that the world is my oyster. My wish going forward is that things hopefully will only get better on that front for incoming students who have children and that we as women hopefully will be breaking more of the ice on that front. So thank you so much um, for talking with me today. I've really enjoyed it and I wish you every success in the remainder of your legal career. Thank you. Thank you.